0: Welcome to Room 4216. I'm so glad you've come.
1: Reading the Bible can be difficult.
0: Not to mention understanding it.
1: Having a disability, whether blindness or another, can be difficult too.
0: Sometimes a person wonders if God is even there. Yeah, but in Room 4216... God shows us His path and we find...
1: We are not not alone. alone. Hi, everyone. It's Pastor Dave.
0: Hi, everyone. Guess who? I mean, uh, it's Cecilia.
1: What? Are you trying to be funny?
0: I was attempting it.
1: Uh huh. Well, if you want to hear funny, I have something for you to listen to. Oh? Listen to this. Maybe you can learn. No, I shouldn't say that. Ooh. No. But I'm going to make a point afterwards.
2: When Mrs. McGee of 79 Westful Vista sent her husband to the library for some reference books on raising cinerarias, she might have known he'd come home with two volumes on the history of baseball, one on big game hunting in New Zealand, and three murder mysteries, one of which he is reading now, as we meet Fibber McGee and Molly. You mean you didn't get me that book on cinerarias, McGee? They didn't have one. The librarian and I spent 45 minutes looking through the list, and it didn't have a single book about cineminarians. Cineminarians. (laughs) Cineminarians. She asked me, what are they? And I said, flowers. That was correct. And then she says, how do you spell it? I seen she had me, so I took these books and (laughs) scrams. Well, my gosh, when a guy runs into an ignorant librarian who don't even know a cinemastertium is... Yeah. Well, now, don't expect me to read those murder stories. They give me the twitches. Ah, but You gotta remember, it's just fiction. Boris Karloff could creep into this room right now, dragging seven dead bodies, and I'd never... Ah! What was that? Huh? Something just crawled across my foot! Oh, that was just my ball of yarn, dearie. Mm. Rolled off my lap. The reason I jumped was on account of this story is pretty gory. It's by far the best of the three I got. You mean you've read all three of those mysteries since you got home? Certainly, it's a cinch with my system. I just read the first three pages and the last three pages. That tells you who got killed and who done it. <laughs> That's all you want to know in the first place. <laughs> that stuff in between is a shameful waste of paper, then, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. I suppose some people read all that padding. They did in this one, anyway. There's a loose page right here in the middle. It's...
0: Okay, I, I love that show. Uh-huh. Uh, he's always getting into something. Yep.
1: Isn't Fever McGee and Molly the one with the closet door that opens yes, up and everything is. falls off? Don't you just love that?
0: Yes.
2: If she ever caught you doing that stuff... <laughs> uh,
0: just exactly what did that have to do with uh, the bible study we're doing you know job his his problems and all that
1: well yes i've been trying to say and i figured maybe i could enter a new way of saying it that that you'll catch on like he was saying with the mysteries read the first three pages and the last three pages and you know everything about it right
0: no. Well, in a well. way,
1: Job is that way too. You read the first two chapters, you read the last chapter, and everything in between. Because last time, and the time before, and the time before, every single time we've done Job, you said, but you're skipping over some of the di- the dialogue of these friends.
0: Well, you're the one that was making me read and skip and read and skip. And
1: I pointed out many times the friends are saying the same thing just with different flowery words.
0: Oh, so uh, as Fibber put it, his friends what his friends were saying was just and not meaning any disrespect to the Word of God. It's obviously important. It's in there, but. Uh, in a way, it was a lot of padding. <laughs> okay, you got me I <laughs> I understand that uh, uh-huh. that all that the those chapters in between where we were and uh-huh. uh-huh. whatever are are pretty flowery uh-huh, speech uh-huh, and such uh-huh. so um uh, uh-huh. now where do we go oh i'm so glad you asked oh no
1: we need to go back to the last lesson again so buckle your seatbelt. Oh, no here we are oh, no. going ah! in the time machine The next thing that my professor, Professor Owald, noted was chapters 29, 30, and 31 is a summary for Job. Chapter 29 is a, uh, a, a look back. He says, Oh, in the day, this is before he was all sick. And in chapter 30, Job says, is noting where his present circumstances are. (laughs) I love verse 11. Now that God has unstrung my bow and afflicted me. (laughs) Uh, If you've ever done archery, if you don't have that bow strung, it can't do a thing. And and so that's how he's describing his life. Read, uh, here's another good example, 15 and 16 verses.
0: Terrors overwhelm me. My dignity is driven away as by the wind. My safety vanishes like a cloud, and now my life ebbs away. Days of suffering grip me.
1: And in all of this, Job still holds to the fact that he is the same man as he was when he was rich and healthy. In this chapter, chapter 31, Job is demanding a date in court with a Judge, he wants his 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 case heard.
0: Oh, thank God we're back. Uh, That's a fun ride. If, if you say so. Mm-hmm. So We've heard uh, about uh, Job, and he's pounding his fist, and he's saying, "I want my day in court." So now, uh, let me guess—we're going to court, right? Yep.
1: And so we move to Job chapter 38, near the end of the book, and we now hear from God.
0: Then the Lord answered Job out of the storm. He said, Who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me.
1: I love this introduction to what God is going to say. And there's so much richness there. And I love the way you did that. Answer yourself like a man. Like, (laughs) that's going to help anything when he's standing up against God. Let's look over these uh, words bit by bit. Because uh, when Professor Rowall sat down with me, oh my goodness, that's why I called upon him. Because his wealth of knowledge and understanding both of the Hebrew and the culture just opened this up for me. And I pray it will open it up for you. So
0: start again. Okay. With the uh, first one, one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: then the Lord.
1: Okay, let's stop right there. Uh, <laughs> then the Lord. It didn't say um, in, in Hebrew. It's not Adonai. It's not uh, El Shaddai. It's not. It's this word here, Lord, is Yahweh. That's the name God gave Himself.
0: Okay, you you just used uh, three different words mm-hmm. in in Hebrew and. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I really I don't know much about the Hebrew language, mm-hmm. but but from what I do know, uh, I like the language because it is so rich in in its different words for things. Yeah. So please explain what is the difference between Adonai, El Shaddai, uh, Elohim—that was a word you didn't mention—that means uh, mm-hmm. that talks about God mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Yahweh. Well, what's
1: most interesting is. All the three friends, and actually, there's a fourth guy who popped in. Mm-hmm. They were all using um, Adonai and Elohim. Okay. They they were referring to the, this distant God that you got to tremble and be afraid of because he's the one who created the universe, and and you you better tremble and shake because he has power over you. Okay. Thirty eight starts, and the Lord, and. You said that was Yahweh. Yahweh, and when Moses was at the burning bush, and God uh, uh, said, "Come closer," and 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 who are you? How is this? Moses said, "And I, I am."
0: I am who, who I, I am. am.
1: That's Yahweh, and that's what He said to say His name. So from that point on, God's name in the Old Testament, if it if it says Yahweh, and we usually have that translated Lord, and it's usually in all caps. By the way, capital mm-hmm. L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Yes, it is. That means Yahweh. That means it's His name. That means like instead of just calling you uh, human or pretty lady. Or, hey, you, it's calling you Cecilia, so you know right away. And so here it is. And Yahweh, not the feared one, not the one you better tremble and shake because he's in a distant universe and he's coming back to check on his, his creatures who are screwing up. Mm-hmm. This is the God who says, I love you. I am going, I heard your cry in Egypt that you were in slavery and bondage. I'm going to send you, Moses, to, to rescue them.
0: It reminds me of a story that, well, not a story. Uh, I was in sixth grade, mm-hmm. and uh, um, uh, there was a pastor at church, and I didn't know him very well. And, of course, I was in awe of the pastor, and... Behave the when you're a
1: kid, yes. little, young, sixth grade, yeah, yeah. you are. Yeah. Well,
0: I was invited to go to a my Michael W. Smith concert mm. uh with the youth group. And uh this pastor took me under his wing mm-hmm and uh, Pastor Mark led me around the theater and it's, it's this beautiful theater, very ornate. Yeah. I still love to go there, even today. And he was describing things and he was telling me about everything. I'm going, Wow, I can talk to him, I can ask questions. This it's, is wonderful, and that's yeah. what this God, this Yahweh, yes. that's who this Yahweh is.
1: I'll take it even one step further. When you were sharing that story, mm-hmm. there's one gal, when I was a parish pastor for 13 years, one day she came to the house, and, and I answered, and it was either my day off or the weekend, and she said, Pastor, you wear blue jeans? And I laughed, and I said, <laughs> l- l- Lisa, yes, I do, but... But, and she only saw me in my robes or in, in in a suit. And it's like, you're wearing blue jeans like my dad? Oh my gosh. And it was just a shock and revelation that, you know, this isn't some distant person. And that's what Yahweh is referencing. Not a distant person, but a relational God. And that's how this starts. A relational God is coming to Job. Sing a song of victory. Shout aloud unto the Lord, who is like the living God. Yahweh is for us. Tell of all his faithfulness.
0: Our lives have been restored. Hallelujah, we are blessed. Yahweh is for us. That's right. He hears every faithful prayer. Watching with tender care, he knows, he knows every pain we bear,
1: from the highest heaven his mercies go to the ends of the earth his people know, Yahweh is for us,
2: Yahweh is for
0: us. Shall we go on? Sure. Then the Lord answered Job out of the storm.
1: Okay, you can stop there.
0: Yes, I can, because I have a question.
1: Okay, before you ask your question, because this might even answer it. Okay. Remember as the segment started, I asked you to hold your finger in uh, chapter 9? Yes. Let's turn to chapter 9. Okay. Job is speaking to his one of the friends who had said, you know, just what repent. What did you do of, wrong and all that? Right. And, all that, yeah. and Job said, I'm innocent. And if God would come... I." Well, it's in the midst of this, and he's, he's almost saying these words like he's sulking or, or sarcastic. Now, read verses 16 and 17. This is Job speaking.
0: Even if I summoned him and he responded, I do not believe he would give me a hearing. He would crush me with a storm and multiply my wounds for no reason.
1: God heard his words. And instead of crushing him with a storm, God speaks to him as a relational God from the storm.
0: So the storm is, uh, when it says that uh, God speaks to him out of the storm, mm-hmm. um, it's, a, we can kind of call it a figurative storm here.
1: Correct. And it's, it's a might and power. And that's what Job was referring to in chapter 9. He'd crush me with a storm. It was like a bunch of rocks being dropped on me. He, he's mighty. He's powerful. He's going to crush me with the storm.
0: He is bigger than I am, of course.
1: But God comes to him in this might and power, but doesn't crush him, but speaks to him from the storm. This distant God isn't distant. He is a God. But he's in a relationship of care and compassion.
0: I was just going to say, the, uh, if we can move on from, from what God said to what God said. About sure, let's. Who is this who darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? That doesn't sound like the God that's close to us and wants to hug us. And, and that sounds like a, a father reprimanding a child or a king reprimanding a, a subject.
1: Exactly. Um, It is exactly that. And in our next segment, we'll touch on what this council being darkened is all about.
0: All right. So uh, getting back to what I was just asking, Mm -hmm. uh, God doesn't sound like the uh, nice, cuddly, warm, friendly God. Uh, He's sounding like, as I said, like a king that's dealing with a subject that is being rather presumptuous.
1: I would agree with most everything you said, but the king, uh, maybe not. It might be a stern father or a frustrated father, somebody certainly in authority over, but he's not that distant creator God who just doesn't like his rebellious creation and and smash goes the clay and we're going to start over. It's a God who has a relationship with.
0: Let's read on. Okay.
1: Uh, Or reread, I guess I should say. uh, Okay. We're in chapter 38. These are the introductory words that God is speaking to Job.
0: Who is this who darkens my counsel with words without knowledge?
1: Okay, let's just stop there. Who is this that darkens my counsel? This is That's why... what
0: made me think of a king, oh. because a king has the, has counsel and such. Mm. And...
1: There's so much more to this word, though. The um, and this is why I called the professor. I I knew that there was going to be things here, and Professor Wowald sure uncovered it. Counsel is 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 an incomplete word. The Hebrew word is etza, etza. etza. Who is darkening my etza? Edsa is it's it's like um, if if an architect um, who is darkening my blueprints no who is darkening my my dream no who is darkening my construction no who is darkening my plans and there are the blueprints in front of him the building is standing it's all there it includes everything. From the blueprints, the scheming, the designing, the creating, and its existence. Edsa is everything. Who is my vision of the whole thing. My vision of the whole thing. Exactly. And so it's more than counsel. And then it says, with words without knowledge.
0: Well, yeah, because Job obviously doesn't have a picture of can't see Uh the whole thing.
1: Here's what's amazing then. In rest of chapter 38, God gives Job a tour of his etza.
0: You mean he lets him peek at the... Creation. Creation.
1: At the creation. Um, Shall we look at some of those?
0: Yes, let's do because...
1: Let's look at them.
0: All right. Uh, Continuing with verse 4. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me, if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy.
1: Now with that, I have to pause you. Again, the prof- my professor, he was uh, when when he was talking, he just got so excited about this. This is God's ETSA. And not only is it his plan and what he all did, but his ETSA is full of laughter and joy. Mm. And he literally used those words again and again. Laughter and joy. And here we see it, the stars laughing, the j- angels
0: singing for joy. You know that uh, I uh, am a Tolkien. Uh, the one who wrote the Lord of the Rings, you know that I'm a fanatic, yep. right? Well, this reminds me of the very first part of his book called The Silmarillion, mm. where where uh, it talks about the music that 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 God uh, had the angels make. And I, I think that Tolkien must have been inspired by some of these words right here. Sure. Uh, you know, where they, the morning stars are singing and the angels are shouting. I and you can
1: almost that. see that when once God made the angels and they looked at themselves and went,
0: Wow, God, this is oh. wonderful.
1: And then God started making more. Poof. And the angels, wow.
0: And one thing is more amazing than the next. I mean...
1: And then chapter 39, Mm -hmm. God gives Job a tour of the animal world. Okay, so... Again, it's his etza. Not only the, the hard, the rock, the physicalness, as well as the spiritual qualities of angels and things, but now he comes to the living and breathing things of his etza in chapter 39.
0: As I look through this, by the way, I'm I'm just seeing uh, the the pictures that God draws. Have you entered the storehouses of the snow? Um, uh, uh, What is the way to the abode of light? He's he's giving all these pictures of, of the physical things. And then we get to chapter 39. Do you know when the mountain goat gives birth? Do you watch when the doe bears her fawn? Do you count the months till uh, the yeah the months till they bear?
1: Now just think about that birth. It's such a complicated, such a difficult thing, and yet the animals are doing it all the time. And do they have humans' help? Do they have our technology? Do no. they have medicine? Do they have a midwife? Do they have a doctor? God takes care of it all. Yeah. Yeah, that's God's Edsa. He planned it out. And that's why he's saying to Job, why are you darkening my ETSA with your muttering and complaining about some of the things you're struggling with? This world is so much more vast than you can ever imagine.
0: And he continues, will the wild ox consent to serve you? Will he stay by your manger at night? Can you hold him to the furrow with a harness? Now, we're not talking the one that he's, uh, that's he's that been born in his uh, field. We're talking the wild one. Uh, I really love this picture, starting at verse 19. Do you give the horse his strength or clothe his neck with a flowing mane? Do you make him leap like a locust, striking terror with his proud snorting. He paused fiercely, rejoicing in his strength, and charges into the fray. He laughs at fear, afraid of nothing. I, if anyone has, has seen a horse or has uh, watched a horse race uh, or has read like the Black Stallion books,
1: Horse Spirit, the movie. My daughter. Oh loved. yes. Yeah, this is a spirit. wonderful picture of a horse. Mm-hmm. And man can't tame him, and yet God well, man, is the one.
0: Man can tame a horse, but but God's the one that makes them originally.
1: It's the Etsa, God's Etsa. Mm-hmm.
0: chapter 40 verse 1 the Lord said to Job will the one who contends with the Almighty correct him let him who accuses God answer him then Job answered the Lord I am unworthy how can I reply to you I put my hand over my mouth oops I spoke once, but I have no answer. I spoke twice, but I will say no more.
1: So God does not crush him, but responds by speaking of his etza, his great plans, everything, that Job all of a sudden starts to see a whole bunch of things that he never experienced. But God did not stop there. God's Etza includes you and me too. It includes us knowing that we were separated from God and felt like he was a distant God. And we sometimes feel that way for various reasons. Maybe you're feeling that way today. I know at times I have, sometimes even because of my blindness, but God's Etza crosses the universe, in the person of Jesus, and Jesus became human, dwelt with us. We've seen his glory, and we saw his shameful death and his resurrection. And that's why we now see even more of God's etza that we've been planned in with him. We'll continue Job next week, but today we need to
0: stop. Oh, you know, I really do need to find something else that I can torment Pastor Dave with. I mean, he's got that time machine now, and... And then, of course, there's the, oh, sorry, he can't answer that question. You'll have to come back next week. Uh, I hate it when it's time to stop. But then I'm reminded that the discussion really doesn't have to stop here. It can always continue. You can write to us at info, I-N-F-O, at not-alone, N-O-T-A-L-O-N-E, dot net, or you can search us on facebook you can look for room 4216 or pastor dave andrus, A-N-D-R-U-S and the discussion can go on from there in the meantime never forget we, we are, are not alone, alone. Back again to room forty two sixteen. Credits Excerpts from Fibber McGee and Molly, dated January 15, 1946, entitled Fibber Finds a Treasure Map, and from December 29, 1944, entitled Early Christmas Presents, Randy Stonehill and the Maranatha Singers, Yahweh is for us, the theme from Law and Order, and we can never forget our interlude musicians, Robert Vaughn and Terry Nord.
1: Segment three. And so we move to It's
0: not job. It's job.
1: And so we move to Joel I did not
0: mention the segment number. And you didn't give me any time to dad da, da, Yeah,
1: da, I know. Da, 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 da. Segment 3, take 349.
0: Hold huh, What <laughs> <laughs> What's I going to do? <laughs> uh, history? History. I don't history. know much about history.
2: Yeah. <laughs>